Well, we uh, had a great conversation last time. Would you mind recapping a little bit of what we spoke about and we'll continue the fear factor in a sense? Yep, yep. We're talking about freedom from fear. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's kind of right, easier said than done. But last week, we talked about the difference between fear and anxiety. So a clear, eminent danger in your life versus your brain or your emotions anticipating Mm -hmm. a danger that's really not there, or at least not there yet. Um, And then we talked about the two different brain responses to anxiety you know we have that uh cortex which would are the cognitive brain that thinking part and Mm -hmm. and then we have the emotional and both of those you know have fear brain responses to what's going on in our lives and then today we were gonna hit the what are some things we can do about that and how can we help you with that if that's a place that you're stuck And clearly in 20 minutes, we can't solve all of your problems. So we did want to remember to, if any of this triggers you to the response that you get, you know, can't function at your work or at your home, 1-800-273-TALK. It's not our website, but it is a helpline that you can go to immediately and get some help, especially they can reach out to um, the state that you're in at this point yeah thank you for reminding us of that i appreciate it yeah so you ready to talk about the brains ready ready to do it it feels like no not today yes i'm here i'm better come on we're gonna get through this okay it's okay no you know what they're jill everybody gets triggered by this so that's why we want to talk about it you know it's kind of that under the cover thing that people aren't talking about. We're living at this low level of fear, you know? And so if I'm normally down here and something triggers me, you know, I come back, but if I'm living up here partway anyway, and then something triggers me, you know, the, the lid comes off. So, you know, we've got, unfortunately, a lot of culture right now in that place. So, so let's talk a little bit about that. Okay. Yep. I'm here. So uh, let's start with that emotional, emotional side of our brain, um, because I think that's the place where most of what's going on needs to kind of settle. So a few of the things I'm trying to move to that quickly that are, I guess, the most important thing that I want to talk about with that one is um, how that that amygdala begin that that's where this begins you know, so those thinking based, which a lot of us try to do these thinking based, you know, think better, think differently, whatever it is, the logic reasoning, they don't always help reduce anxiety. If it's the in the you know, if it's coming from this more emotional side, right? Mm -hmm. So what I would tell you, if you're not sure you're out there listening, and you're not sure, you know, you'll know, if you try some of these strategies, which one is stronger, in you. Okay. So as simple as it sounds, we talk about those deep breathing exercises. Have you ever heard of them? Mm-hmm. Right? Well, they literally slow down your heart rate, your blood pressure, your body temperature. And, you know, um, they are a little bit of a, a cure-all for this emotional triggering that's happening. So if you've never done that, and you've never heard that, you know, 
It's the kind of situation where you lie down, you close your eyes, you take a moment to notice the sensations in your body, particularly where your body's holding tension. And then we take several deep cleansing baths, breaths. I'm having trouble talking today. Breaths. And I know I'm trying to hurry. I think that's what the deal is. And, you know, we need to do that not from that short, like, um, nose mouth area you know where that's exactly where we go when we panic that if you think about this that <gasps> right remember the remember the brown paper bag thing right <laughs> so you know we're trying to go back down into that diaphragm area and take those deep breaths and if you you've had acting classes probably or if you've had singing classes you know this is what they're training you to do and it is probably the greatest thing you can do to help slow that emotional part down because you are making the body the body you know respond to you know more peace and rest than the panic that's happening in you right so i often tell people you know if you're lying down you're noticing what's happening stick a book or something on that diaphragm area so you'll know when it goes out or goes back in because if you're breathing wrong you know um when the opposite of like my when my lungs fill my diaphragm should expand right and you're if you're breathing wrong the opposite is probably ha- happening so you just have to notice that when you take a deep cleansing breath in that diaphragm area should expand and then it should contract, you know, when we are releasing it. Now, I, I say, you know, do that a handful of times until you can feel that release, you know, in your body and you will feel it. You will, you will feel yourself start to calm down as you do that. Um, and I, I would add, you know, to be perfectly honest, you know, when you're, taking a cleansing breath in, you know, remind yourself of something you want to take in. If you're a faith-based person and, you know, your scripture is a huge thing to you, take that in. And then when you exhale, remind yourself of what you're trying to get rid of, whether it's a thought, whether it's a feeling, you know, and it, it actually gives your thinking brain something to do while your body's actually working on the emotional part. Does that make sense? I said it really fast. L- questions on that? Got it. You You're good. Been? You're a thorough. Okay. <laughs> okay. Aren't you? You are. I know. I'm just like, if you're listening to this and you're in the car, I'm like, okay, don't, you know, don't panic, pull over, but just go back and listen to it just to remember, yeah. you know, the other great, great thing you can do is muscle relaxation. And I, I always picture this, you know, get into your bed before you're going to sleep and you know get your lavender and get your soft music and then actually notice where you're holding tension so if you go from body part to body part you know start with your head or your eyes you know and you expand and contract the areas and your your jaw your mouth your neck your shoulders and you keep working yourself down your body you'll know you'll quickly figure out where you're holding stress and tension. And as you contract and hold on to this, you know, to the tightness and release it, you know, if you go through that exercise for each muscle group, you will start to feel your body Mm -hmm. relax. 
right? And that's what we're after is for that emotional part. And you could probably go online and look up progressive muscle relaxation and just download the sheet if you're not sure how to kind of work yourself through your entire mm-hmm. body. But do make sure that that you're not trying to do it when you know, you're on the subway or something like that. Do it in a place where, you know, you can be a little relaxed because literally this will relax you. It will slow yourself down, right? Mm-hmm. True. A third and a, and a very positive thing, and I know they say this over and over again, but exercise, go for a walk, you know, go to your class, uh, you know, do your, you know, your relaxation class, mm-hmm. but literally... Um, running on the treadmill for 30 minutes has research on it that's saying that that it will go after that right frontal load area and create a more positive mood, mm-hmm. right? And and more positive feelings, of course, is going to help you reduce anxiety. You know, they're just, they're opposite of each other. So it's, you know, a huge factor in trying to slow down the right side of the brain. And then the next thing I would say is sleep. You got to, you, you, every one of us, you know, thinks it's, it's okay to go at five hours and it's not, we need to give our body's neurons a chance to shut down and repair themselves. And it's a huge part of how we were built and how we repair and restore. So if you're struggling with sleep, get to somebody and figure out a sleep study and, or something that can help you sleep better. Like I said, some of these exercises done before you sleep will help you sleep better. Keeping this blue light off of you before you go to bed. What does the blue light do to us? Well, it, what is it, it doing to our heads, our minds? It's, it's, stimul- it's, it's stimulating us. Oh, okay. You know, and that includes the TV, you know, any of the screens. You know, they say to keep it off and away like in at least an hour before you try to go to bed. Because it's doing the opposite. It's not helping you slow your body down to get rest. It's it's actually, you know, activating the neurons. So keep that away. And then uh, th- the other thing that we often use as therapists for the right-hand side is exposure therapy. And I don't recommend that you do exposure okay. therapy by yourself. I would say on that, you know, plane, you know, talk to a therapist, but that's where, you know, you can't, we talked about this, you can't go over bridges or, you know, there are, there are things that are fearful in your life that are causing you to not have a normal life. True. Right. And that are stopping you from just living the daily life. And so if, if, well, let's just take me, you know, there was a period in my life where I did not like getting on planes. I we flew through um, a hurricane going to fl- Florida one time. No, I'm serious. That plane dropped. <laughs> and then oh, the next time we were trying to go on vacation, I was like, you know, we should hey, drive. There. Maybe we should. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we should drive there. You know, and so it literally took me having to keep getting on a plane time and time and time again. But the point behind exposure therapy is not yes. to to grit and bear it mm-hmm. to grit and be, to grit and bear the anxiety it's actually to deal with it 
in the process of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I would say, you know, if that is a response that you think would work well for you, especially if you have specific fears, okay, then I would I would reach out to a therapist for that. Yeah. All right. True. Okay. So a whole list of things that we can do, you know, for that emotion, the side of fear. Let's talk about the the cognitive, the more cognitive or cortex side. All right. So people who tend to have to struggle with this side of the brain kind of display the following actions. And I'm going to give you a list and we're probably all on that, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they're they're probably people or they're a little more perfectionist True. they have some they have some high probably unrealistic goals <laughs> um they can tend to give up on tasks if they feel they can't be the best or win you know they view mistakes as failures and try to hide from the lessons learned in those yeah. they can spend an excessive amount of time trying to be perfect mm-hmm they don't like taking risks. Wow. Unless, Why? I know. Risk. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Unless they know that they'll be perfect, right? Yeah. They're overly concerned with what other people think about themselves. And I'm only saying this list not for you to go, oh my gosh, I feel critical about myself. I'm saying, okay, that's me. I'm falling into that category, right? Um, these people don't usually handle criticism or feedback well. And they can apply their unrealistic standards to coworkers and friends and family. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you find yourself in that list, go, okay, here I may be work when I have anxiety, I may have some thinking or t- cortex related anxiety. True. Okay. So here's some things we can do one with that. First, recognize it. And I I know that sounds weird, but Remember that it's only a feeling, even though it seems really real. If the symptoms feel like you're having a heart attack or you're going to lose control or you're going crazy, it'll only worsen, you know, if you don't face the fact this is what's happening to me. I'm just keep trying to shove it down. Recognizing that you're most likely not in imminent danger. (laughs) <laughs> and not buying into the, the the misinterpretation of what's happening will help you recover more quickly. So I'm going to name, I am unrealistically panicking right now. I need to do something about it. All right. Rather than trying to push it away, which guilty, you know, raise your hand if you're guilty. We all are, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm <sighs> going to say, oh, okay, this isn't right. Let's call it right. One of the main things I can do is try to distract myself. And I know that sounds like I'm not facing it, but I'm actually, you know, dealing with the neurons in my head here. So I'm not going to go down this path where, I, where it heads right to the same old panic symptoms I know. I'm going to try to hang a right or a left here. I'm going to try to help my neurons build a different pathway. Okay. All right. Does that make sense or that too like no. Okay. All right. So because the cortex can make the fear worse by focus, focusing on the symptoms, try to think about something, anything other than the panicking. All right. So the last time we were together, I was saying, you know, 
this may or may not have happened to you, but you know, recently happened to me. You're sitting there waiting for a medical test, mm -hmm. right? And in that moment, I could think, okay, I'm gonna die. <laughs> Oh, or this is what I'd like my funeral to be like. And, you know, my kids should have been nicer to me. And, you know, whatever it is that you're thinking that's not happening, the situation. Or, you know, while I'm sitting there, I could talk to the person next to me and ask them about their life. You know, I could get on my phone and play a game. I could, you know, read a book. I could do anything other than letting those anxious thoughts keep doing the same pathway in my brain. And I often describe this like, you know, I, I, if there's a neurologist listening to this, I'm just going to say I'm sorry because this is like all their wonderful years of research making it sound too simplistic. But it's like I have this trigger and my brain is used to going down this neural pathway. And it's almost like a ditch, you know, like you see a ditch, the water's going to run down that ditch. And unfortunately, that ditch is not going away because I've dug it and I've built it. <laughs> you know, it's a thing. But I can dig a new ditch. Yeah. I can take that trigger path, path, exactly. And so I'm going to hang, like I said, dig a ditch that hangs a right or dig a ditch that hangs a left. And I need to train my help train my brain when I'm doing the cortex type anxiety stuff is train it to head in those directions instead of the some of the directions where I go to create more panic, right? Mm -hmm. I need them to those ditches to be deeper and more realistic or not not realistic, but you know, deeper and more accessible to me than the ones that cause me anxiety, right? So just remember when you're doing this, anxiety isn't always caused by what's actually happening in our lives because of the cortex ability to anticipate. It will most likely be about things that are never going to happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? It, right? The fear of, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. And then we need to challenge that behavior. That, well... In order to to make that new neurological pathway, I need to challenge that behavior, right? So coping thoughts, I will pass. I can be anxious, angry, sad, and still deal with this. I have done this before. I can do it again. This feels bad. Uh, it's a normal reaction that my body's doing. It will pass. These are feelings that will go away. Uh, this won't last forever. I'm just making some up in my head. Um I don't need to rush. I can take things slowly. I don't, this doesn't need to be perfect. I've survived this before. I've survived worse. I can survive it again. I'm going to keep, you know, making challenges to that thought that yeah. keep it's trying to go to. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? And you have to have their own. And I would say are their own that work for you, you know, and, and because, and write them down. It's not that you're an addict in this case, but much like that, you need to have this ready. You need to have these th these these coping words that help you ready to go. It's yeah. in the, when you're in the middle of this, it's not the time to grab it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gosh, you're inspiring. 
I don't know about that. I'm but taking I taking this in. I hope you all are as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but it's just one way to change those neural neural connections that lead up to that that trigger response, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I would say, and I know we're really close to out of time here, but so a, a lot of times when we're in this, people fear mistakes. They fear what other people are thinking. You know, a lot of the neural pathway work is, you know, I I'm positive I've got everyone else's thoughts on this. And one of the things that I often use is I think the number is 70 to 80% of the time. Somebody will have to write in and tell me if I'm off. It's high, no matter what it is. We're thinking about ourselves. So if I'm really worried about what someone else is thinking, they're not thinking about me. <laughs> and that is a sad, true fact. But you should just put that one in your pocket. It's so you know, true. That, that those people aren't you know, they're actually thinking about themselves, you know, or how you're perceiving them or whatever. So, you know, people aren't really thinking about us as much as as we believe that they are. And I am, you know, more of a faith-based person. And I think one of the things that I remember, and it's important to remember that there's a proverb that says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat their fruits. And I think that's really important. Of course, I want to speak life over myself. You know, I want to speak life over my families. And I definitely want to speak life over myself. So in this case, sometimes when I'm having all these not positive thoughts, I'm not speaking life over myself. So I need to remember that. I want to speak life. Right? So those are the things I would run at when I'm trying to work at the other, the more cognitive cortex side of the brain. So questions or thoughts, and I'm sure I'm just run us out of time here. Yes, exactly. We are. But my question to you is, unfortunately, it's not. How do we reach out to you? Because we only have a minute, two minutes left. So yeah. How do we, how can someone work with you and what states are we able to wear around the world? Well, so more importantly, you know, it's not just reaching out to me, not reaching out to Diane, but, you know, reaching out, you know, to the family collective can get you directed if this is, you know, part of what's going on with you. But please reach out to thefamilycollective.co because there are a bunch of resources on there. Actually, I have an entire talk where I talk about fear and I probably go through a lot of this that you can listen to. And there are a lot of like resources on there that you can listen to. When you're struggling with this, you also probably are struggling in your relationships because your stuff, you know, interacts with the people around you. So we're just trying to help you with that as you're dealing with that. So thefamilycollective.co or info at thefamilycollective.co if you want to shoot us an email. Perfect. Thank you so much, Diane. Always amazing. Thank you. I'm glad to have you here and enjoy uh, your time off as well. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Okay. Thanks again.